Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at Mavs Moneyball. And I am here joined by Edgar Vargas. He is the Director of Communications for Indios de Mayagüez, which is the basketball team, the professional basketball team in Puerto Rico that J.J. Barea coaches. And he's got some interesting stories about that, some fascinating stuff that happened with that team. There's just some craziness that happened with that team. Like, I wouldn't say to the Donald Sterling-esque area, but there's just some interesting stuff. And I'm working on a piece right now to put up on uh, on Moneyball about it right now. Just some some crazy stuff that happened there. But we t- had a really good conversation, talked about um, J.J. Barea, obviously, his coaching. And he also knows Jean Clavel, and he's talked to him, and he has you know watched him play growing up and knows his brother, who also plays basketball there. So a really good conversation about those two aspects. It's interesting that the, the Mavericks now have two different connections to Puerto Rico, and I met Edgar you know last year at Summer League. And so it's cool that we have this connection to be able to talk to him about it. We also had a couple of Wi-Fi issues, so if the podcast seems like it's cut up a little bit, just be be thankful that I cut it up. <laughs> I didn't leave it in as it was because it was a little bit of a spotty connection. He's all the way in Puerto Rico, and I'm here in Dallas, Texas, so connection is not great. But wanted to before we go into this podcast, wanted to say that this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Uh, you guys have you know if, if you listen to other podcasts, you hear all about SeatGeek all the time. That's because it works. It's awesome. It's a great app. Always have it on your phone. You never know when you know a last minute thing comes up and you need to go to a you know need to go to a game or you have to go to some you know event or concert or somebody just says not that you need to go to it, but that someone says, "Hey, you want to go to this with me?" And you're like, "Yes, of course, I want to go to this blank thing with you." People like to go to events, even though John Mulaney says it is 100% easier to not go to things than to go to things. <laughs> but to go to things, it's it's awesome. It's fun. There's a uh, there's something about getting together with people and being in the same room with people. You can listen to an album, like you can listen to, you know, an album by yourself in the car or even with people. But if you go to a concert and are there, there's something about that energy with people around. It's just the same, the same for live sports as well. There's nothing like live sports. I would recommend going to a Dallas Wings game at some time. They are super fun. At least I had fun. It's basketball. It's it kind of intimate. There's just it's a smaller arena. They most of the time they it's at the College Park Center in Arlington. They block off the top part of the of the arena, like the top row, basically, unless it's a Sparks game or some really big team, like the Lynx come in. Uh, but they block off the top section, so it's just the bot, the lower bowl, and everybody's down in there. You can kind of, you know, don't tell anybody I said this. You can pick your own seats, basically. You can, you know, if it's a pretty open game, so you can walk down there. But uh, get your tickets on SeatGeek. It's super easy. Download the app. And use the promo code LONBA. That's Locked On NBA, the abbreviation. So Locked On National Basketball Association, I guess. Um, you can also use Locked On NFL if you've already used LONBA. You can use the NFL one if you use a different uh, use a different 
account for that one as well. So use a couple of different accounts. Use LONBA if uh, if you haven't already. So go ahead and download that. That really helps out the whole network. So we'd really appreciate it. And I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation I had with my friend Edgar about basketball in Puerto Rico. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. All right. I am joined now live via the internet and communication devices. And it's just so crazy that we can do this. My friend, Edgar Vargas, he is the director of communications for Indios de Mayoez, who is, which is the uh, basketball team that J.J. Barea coaches for or has coached for this past summer. And uh, I am so glad to have you on. I met Edgar last year in Las Vegas during the NBA Summer League for the Sports Business Classroom, which was an amazing experience. And I've talked about it a little too much on this podcast, but it was good enough. Wouldn't you say, Edgar, that it was a good enough experience to talk about every day? Yes, sir. Life-changing experience, man. It was crazy. And then we, we talked again when we went back to Vegas. Uh, he was working with Sports Business Classroom. And uh, because you were a rising star, because you were the the guy that they picked. Uh, that's that I was I was honored being one of the of the chosen ones. So, <laughs> so I, I was truly honored for being invited again to the NBA Summer League. The second chosen one to be on this podcast. Dave Dufour came on the podcast last a couple weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, so Dave is awesome. Yeah. Dave's Dave's a great guy. But yeah, Edgar, super awesome guy. Love being around him. Super humble. Uh, really hard worker. This guy just goes at it. Whatever he does, he's guy one of those guys that just can't sit sit still. And uh, he's doing great stuff. And so you'll see his name later in the future. So you'll be like, oh, man, I remember that guy. He was on the Lockdown Mavericks <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for those words, man. I'm truly honored. And as you said, man, it's crazy to think that already it's two years from when we met two years ago at an NBA Summer League in the Sports Business Classroom. So I've been working hard. I, I, I have to, man. Like, People from that are not from the U.S. I, I, I think they have to work extremely a double harder than everybody else. So I'm trying. I'm trying to do my my greatest, and I'm aspiring to be one one. Right now, I'm working in the BSN in Puerto Rico, but my goal is to make it to the NBA. So still yeah. one way to go, but our we're working hard. We're working hard towards yeah. it. And like uh, like Lin Manuel Miranda said in Hamilton, immigrants they get the job done. How about that? Yes, yes, sir, <laughs> Lin Manuel, my guy. So. Uh, oh, yeah, Puerto Rico guy as well. Um, so let's just explain. There's a couple of reasons why I have you on the podcast now. One is because you you know, you know, work with J.J. Barea. You are you know, are, are the director of communications for the team that he coaches for in Dios de Mayaguez. Another reason is because Jan Clavel, Jean Clavel just signed a partially guaranteed deal with the Mavericks. So we're going to talk about both of those things today. But first, I just want to talk to you about like, basketball in Puerto Rico in general. The only real memory that I have of Puerto Rican basketball is the Puerto Rican team with Carlos Arroyo beating the U.S. in Athens in 2004 in basketball. What was that like? I mean, you're you're we're about the same age, so we were pretty young when that happened. Yeah, today we're in the 2017, and until today, <laughs> this is like one of the greatest. There was one of the greatest moments in Puerto Rican basketball. Puerto Rico, who 
lot of know a lot of people know that Puerto Rico is a colony from the U.S. So beating the colony, beating the metropolis, beating the, the country that's supposed to be up front or ahead of, of Puerto Rico was a pretty important day because not only of the what that victory meant in terms of basketball, what that victory meant in terms of political and economic point of stand of view. So it was a pretty important, it was pretty pretty important day. Uh, for for our culture, for our people in Puerto Rico, man. Do they have any kind of like lasting celebrations from that? Do they have like a this is the Carlos Arroyo day or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that picture of Carlos Arroyo racing his jersey, like yeah. uh, showing Puerto Rico's name, it's a very iconic picture in our, in Puerto Rico. But also that after that victory, we we haven't made the Olympics, so it was a good <laughs> victory, but not so good because we haven't made it again. So yeah, we we have twelve years in this we last made it to the to to the Olympics, so it was far away from. I hope we we make it again to the Olympics. Here. Well, it looks like basketball in Puerto Rico is kind of on the rise. You got some, you know, some more guys starting to enter the NBA. JJ Barea, Art, obviously, then then John Clavel, both for the Mavericks. There seems to be this pipeline from, <laughs> straight from Puerto Rico <laughs> to the Mavericks. Um, but JJ Barea, talk to me a little bit about your interaction with him, what he's like as a coach, um, and just getting to, to meet with him and work with him on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, JJ in Puerto Rico is an icon. It's a star. It's an idol. And me growing up playing basketball, I always uh, I was more – JJ Barrera is a little bit younger than Carlos Arroyo. So I, once I grew up, I was like a Carlos Arroyo freak. I did everything like Carlos did. Uh, the way that I threw, the way that I dribbled, the way that I, I, the way that I dressed ever since – every time I was playing basketball. So – Carlos Arroyo was a big, big icon for me. Then came the figure of J.J. Barea. J.J. made the NBA a little bit after Carlos. So J.J. was was also like an inspiration for me. And I was, every time I was playing basketball, I wanted to be like Carlos or J.J. So now, uh, it was crazy because we were working at the, at the our team and we fired our coach and our owner fired our coach because we were not winning. And so after he, he fired him, uh, he he hired another coach who who has Carlos Calcaño, who is a very respectable coach in Puerto Rico, and uh, so I thought that we were like set with with Carlos as being our new coach, and two years and two days after we hired Carlos Calcaño, <laughs> our owner called me and said, Edgar, eliminate everything we have just said about Carlos Calcaño press releases. <laughs> Everything we have a new coach, and I was like, "Who's our new coach?" Oh my it's gosh! It's JJ. It's JJ Barea. I was, come on, come on, You're, you must be kidding me. JJ is an NBA player. It, it doesn't make any sense. It was yes. Uh, I call him. He, he he was like, he's excited after he finishes his NBA career. He wants to make it to the a coaching staff in any place. So he thought it would be a good a, a good like a good experience for him. And I was like, but those do Dallas like permits that? Like, they gave him uh, the authorization and he said like yes it, although they were super excited mark cuban was excited with jj coaching in puerto rico rick Carlo also so so it was pretty 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 exciting for me because jj was one of my idols so i remember the first practice uh we we did a press conference to announce him as a coach and once once i met him in person because although jj is from puerto rico i i did not met him before so once I met him, I was like, whoa, this is J.J. Barea. I'm working with J.J. Barea. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty, pretty good experience. And now J.J. is my buddy. He was in that. He was in Summer League uh, also because he was uh, having a, like a, 
uh, some classes he was attending to. So yeah. I got the opportunity to talk to him, and we had dinner one night. And yeah, he's my buddy now. Yeah, that uh, you told me some stories about that owner, the owner of uh, Indio Mayaguez. Uh, can we talk about the the playoff oh, game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm working super hard to make it to the NBA. In Puerto Rico, although we have a great league in terms of competitive, uh, we have great players, great import players that come to our league to like to do a career year, to have a career year and try to make it to the NBA. This year we have uh, uh, Damian Damian Wilkins, which have, which signed a contract with Utah, with, I think with Utah this year. Yeah. Uh, we have a great league. But the things are things are operated or managed are very far beyond like another world and other leagues in another world do it. Uh, for example, I, I saw uh, I I sent you the video, man. Yeah. We had we were in a playoff game. Uh, a ref called back call, and our owner entered the court and punched the ref. So those things we don't see it in the NBA, man. So it's crazy how things are operated in Puerto Rico. So you show me this video, and they're in a playoff game. <laughs> And the team was down. What were, you said that they were down in the series. What was it three one? Yeah, we were down three one, and and we were like basically one two points or uh, two minutes away from getting eliminated. Yeah. And a ref call, a back call, and and our owner into the court and punched ref. So crazy, crazy. He comes onto the court. You can see JJ Barea, and you you immediately recognize his face in the video. Then JJ Barea is walking. Out and then you just see and that this. was and that was after JJ Barea got expelled for the game. He he reset the second technical. JJ right. was pulled out of the game, and that was why the owner entered the court. Yeah, so JJ's walking off. He got his second second technical. He's leaving the court, and all of a sudden you just see this guy running up behind JJ, <laughs> and you're saying, "What is going on?" And he almost he takes a right hook or a left hook around JJ and hits the ref in the back of the head. Yeah. It is one of the most <laughs> wild things I've ever seen. Um, but, he was banned. He was he he was banned after that. He was banned on the league for for all his life. So for for life. For life, yes, sir. But does he still own the own the team? Uh, he manages though indirectly, but now after this year, he he can't do it again. Wow, that's crazy. So there you go. That's a little bit about Puerto Rican basketball and the uh, you know the things going on there. With that, but uh, so JJ Brea, what kind of a, what kind of a coach is he? Is he one of those guys that's a disciplinarian? And he's like Carlisle, he'll get onto guys and he'll yell, or is he uh, a guy? Not at all, not at all. Uh, JJ was more like he's a player though. And what, what, one of the coolest things that I had the opportunity to talk with our players was that, like, they have to respect him. Nobody in that team was better than JJ. JJ is an NBA player, so every everything that JJ said, they had to take it as a as a. Yeah. As a <laughs> I just, as it is because JJ knows how things are, are how things are supposed to be done. So they respected JJ a lot. And JJ is a player, you know. He knows how to like work with players, how to like put the players in the right position to score, how to work with roles, how to work with egos. So JJ Maria knows how a player knows a player because no like understood our players pretty good because he was a player too. So it was a great experience. I have never been part of something like that. A player being a coach, but understanding players because he was also a player. So Jay was a player that who was open. Uh, he was a coach that was open to come to conversation with our, with our players. He was a really open coach and not as Carlisle's 
a manner, you know? <laughs> yeah. They were two different coaches. That sounds like they're completely different. Being anything you say, if he's open at all, then he's <laughs> completely different. Yeah, how many times in life or in sport, like sports anywhere, do you have the coach is a better player than any of the players on the court? How often? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that I think there's no case right now in basketball like JJ's. JJ, I, I think I've never seen an NBA player coaching in another pro league and, and overseas. So I don't know if, if there's uh, if there's some, please let us know. But I think there's no yeah. no case like JJ right now. Yeah, like not not an active player. Maybe like they've had player coaches before. I mean, back in the, in the 60s, you had Bill Russell, who was a player coach, and he was obviously better than anybody else. But you just don't have that very often where, the, where if, if the coach decided to play, it would make the team so much better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just because he's that much better. So, uh, so his coaching style, um, a lot of pick and roll like he does. The team it's, take a ton of threes. What's their what's their strategy lot, going in? A lot of pick and rolls. And we the play, the team played as JJ did. Open court, pick and roll at the center, and attack the rim, attack the rim. A lot of press. He he was a defensive coach, and that surprised me a little bit because everybody knows. JJ is more in the offense and the defense, but right. JJ was always pressing, 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 a lot of pick and rolls and a lot of shooting threes. We played a hot, high up-tempo and not uh, half-court offense schemes. Yeah. Uh, tell, some, tell the people listening how the league works, when it runs, because a lot of people were confused. They said, well, is JJ Bray is coaching now. Does that mean he's not going to play anymore? When does, the, when does the season run and how does, the, how does it all work? Yeah, we're a summer league, uh, basically. We start at more or less in March, and we'll finish our league in July. So we run through that time of year. Uh, it's good and bad because it's good because we know we don't compete as much with the NBA, so our product and our league is, is like competing alone against itself because in Puerto Rico, we're so close to the U.S. Uh, we have a whole bunch of NBA fans, so competing against NBA isn't isn't we cannot compete against yeah, the NBA, so that's the, main re- that's the main reason because they do it. And also, it's bad because we compete in the international. So our summers, we also we competed uh, in FIBA World Championships, Pan Americans Games, yeah. or Central Basket, or a whole bunch of competitions that run in July. So we're basically uh, we don't have that much time to prepare. So so for that competition, we end. Uh, our league and a whole bunch of players that compete in terms of international basketball so are competing in our league. So once the league finishes, we have like two weeks to prepare for a national team. And it's a little bit complicated, but that's how things are operated right now. In, in Puerto Rico, we have 10 teams, uh, 10 teams like, uh, and that pace is really good. International against other teams, our pay is really good and has a lot of exposure. A lot of NBA agents come to our best tour league to see our players, to see our imports. And normally, all of our imports receive like an invitation to training camps or an invitation to summer league uh, teams. Yeah, so you're competing with a lot of different things, but at least it sounds like uh, they're positioning themselves in a, in a way to try to avoid <laughs> competing against the yeah. NBA because that, yeah. that would be a juggernaut. To try to yeah, totally. Uh, Ten teams. Uh, how do the playoffs work? Do they they take the top? That's that's the thing. They uh, to playoffs classify eight. So you may think 
from 10 A classified to to the playoffs. So it's basically not that difficult to classify. But after A classifies, uh, that's how quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Right now yeah. we're playing finals. Okay, who's in the finals right now? Uh, it, yesterday classified Capitanes of Arecibo, uh, which has us and player Ronaldo Batman, who used to play in the NBA. Oh yeah. And and now, not many people know that, but Ronaldo is Puerto Rican, so so we have had a couple of players playing the NBA. And right now we're in the seventh game against Piratas of Cabradillas and Cariduros of Pajardo, which is. Cariduros of Pajardo, the team that owns Carlos Arroyo, and Carlos Arroyo is the owner and a player. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting That's uh, crazy. situation, too. So, after they decide who was, who's the one that plays today, the, the Game 7 is today. The one who wins, when classifies to the final. Game 7. Against uh, Capitanes. We're sure. recording this on a Tuesday. You guys will probably hear this, but by the time you hear it, it'll probably you'll know who has won the, uh, the BSN finals there in Puerto Rico. But... Uh, Carlos Arroyo, a, a, an owner and a player. I, I bet Mark Cuban wishes that he could do that. That's <laughs> yeah, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban or El Palmer too. And the players would be a good one. Yeah, Palmer would definitely <laughs> want to do that. How does that work? Being the owner and the and a player, he he can never get cut from his team. He can fire the coach if he doesn't play him. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how it's like how it works, but I think that's the way. Uh, coaches must have a lot, a lot of pressure. Like coaching uh, his owner, especially a player that that's iconic. It's got to it's got to be in a way like coaching LeBron. You know, like he's yeah, kind of running the Puerto team. Rico, yeah, yeah. In Puerto Rico, Carlos Arroyo has a lot, a lot of following. Yeah. All right, so, so the Mavericks just signed this guy, Jean Clavel, and it sort of came out of nowhere. He was a guy that played for the Miami Heat summer league team. He had played for Colorado State for a couple years. Was the Mountain West Player of the Year. Averaged twenty points a game. You know, and it was a really good scorer, really good three-point shooter, but uh, sort of really came out of nowhere for Mavs fans. It was not a, it was not a guy that was on my radar, at least for a player that the Mavs would want to sign. Tell us, tell me more about uh, John Clavel and just his his rise to uh, the NBA now. Yeah, Gian is a player that was developed in Caguas area of Puerto Rico. He destroyed man. He destroyed every every level he played in Puerto Rico. He played in Puerto Rico and in, in, in high school in Puerto Rico until at 11th grade. Then he he moved to Miami and played in Hialeah, I think. And after that, he entered Yuko College. He played two years. Then he transferred himself to Colorado State and he destroyed Colorado. Uh, yeah. He, he had a great he had a great career with Colorado State. Uh, he his last year was. So he had a pretty good career with Colorado State. He did workouts with almost NBA team. He was trying to make it to the draft. He was not drafted by any any team, but Miami invited him to the summer league, to both summer league, to Orlando and to to Las Vegas. He he played really really good with Miami, and uh, he was he was he was signed by by the Dallas Mavericks. I wasn't expecting that too. I was expecting Miami like making a spot in his final uh, final spot, or but Dallas uh, call him. Dallas call him, and and he signed a partially contract with with Dallas. Yeah, and we explained the contract on a couple of podcasts ago. But if you guys missed it, it's called an Exhibit Ten contract, and what that means is they can either it's a basically a training game contract where you can turn it into a two way contract. You can turn it into a standard NBA contract, which is like a real you know straight up contract, or you can you know 
like decline it, I guess, and then you just be, you know, or, or, or make it make it become a straight up D league contract. So it's it's a super flexible contract. So right now, that's why they say it's partially guaranteed because it's guaranteed. The guaranteed part is that he is going to be part of the Mavericks organization, whether that's for the Texas Legends, their, D, their G League team, or whether that's for the Mavericks, or whether that's the two way, which is both. So he's going to be up and down a little bit, uh, unless he just straight up makes the roster, which I, I guess could happen. Uh, do you think JJ no, Barea had anything to do with this? Yeah, totally. JJ <laughs> uh, in Dallas is pretty, pretty, uh, very respected yeah. over there. Yeah. They see his work ethic, and and JJ, he, people in Dallas and, and people uh, management in Dallas like a lot. Of and I'll, right now, you can record this, and I, I will be not surprised. And after when JJ finishes his NBA career. He could like make it to a coaching staff in Dallas because Ricardo loves JJ and also Mark Cuban. So uh, JJ has a very good understanding of basketball. And JJ called. JJ called. Uh, I talked to JJ and JJ called Carla and spoke about this guy. The people who don't know GN, GN is like a six four that can really read. It has very offensive skill. Has a good offensive game. He has. He's a great three point shooter. And he has gods, man. He's a warrior. He goes against everybody. He doesn't care if it's LeBron, D-Wade, or Derrick Rose, or nobody. He is going to go out front, and he's going to challenge him. Gian, who has an older brother called Gilberto, too. They're both like the same way. They're they're warriors, and they go ahead-ahead against anybody. Doesn't doesn't care who's, who's his name. or or he, He's a warrior, man. So JJ called him. I know JJ called... Uh, that, that management in Dallas and and like make sure they they saw him in the NBA summer league. So yeah, Gian has a brother, right? You said Gilbert. Yeah. What, how do you say his name? Gilberto. 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 Yeah, yeah, I want to say Gilberto, but I guess we pronounce the G there. Um, what's his, he? It's a, he's an older brother, right? He's an older brother. He's a little bit taller than Gian. He, he's six six. He plays a power forward position in Puerto Rico right now. He was a defensive player of the year. Uh, Gilberto, uh, it's pretty much as Gian, although Gian is, is they're two different kind of players, you know. Yeah. They're pretty hard workers. They're they're warriors, but at the same time, Gilberto is like a strength player. He goes to the rebounds. He does the dirty work, while Gian is a perimeter guy who proves the ball from a free point and has uh, like he has a lot of jump shots and has a better dribbling techniques than than, G- than Gilberto. So Gilberto does all the work and Gian gets the credit for it. Is that how it works? It, that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> we hope that works in their national team. So we, they, were, they were both invited to our national team. So oh yeah, let's see let's see if both if they they decide to go. It's like they're like the uh, the Lopez brothers, but for guards. <laughs> Um, okay, so also Jean Clavel was drafted. He was drafted by the BSN um, league. So how does that work? Is he allowed to play in the league if he plays for an NBA team, or does he, you know, because in the WNBA they do this all the time, where they have players that will play, you know, like uh, Ariel Powers was supposed to play for the the Wings yeah. during the season, and then she ended up was supposed to play for I think Russia. In the off season, then she got injured. She wasn't able to play. So is that is that sort of the same thing in the NBA, or is it different? No, no, it's different. And in the WNBA, we had one one situation with a, with a Puerto Rican woman called Carla Cortijo. She was the the first Puerto Rican that ever made it to the WNBA. Uh, Gian was our first draft pick in the BSN draft. He was drafted by Guayama, 
which is a, a town in the south of Puerto Rico. He played over there three games. He didn't have like too much game opportunity. He averaged like 10 minutes per game. But he was like a crazy player, man. He was so desperate, <laughs> so desperate, like uh, showing his skills that he did not make. He did not play so good. So he played three games, then left to the NBA draft workouts, and he has stayed ever since in the U.S. Like trying to make a spot into the NBA. It's a, it's an insane process to think about where you're playing on a team, and this is the whole. This is one of the problems with the G League, and you know, and, and other in these other leagues as well. Is you're you're playing on a team and it's a team sport, right? If to, to, to play it the right way, you have to play, you know, as a teammate. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to earn a roster spot and trying to get a job. I mean, I, I read one or I watched one of these interviews with Gian and it was, uh, I think it was either basketball insiders or something else where he said, we're all trying to get each other jobs. You know, we're here at these workouts and there's all these other guys around us. We're trying to get each other jobs. And just saying it in those words made me think, man, it's so weird to think about what if everybody had their job interviews all together. <laughs> it's like, do you try to make yourself look good? Do you try to make other people look good? Well, we hope that Puerto Rico can be on the rise. We hope that John Clavel makes the team. We hope that JJ Barea coaches uh, and Dios de Mayaguez to a championship. We hope all the best for you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Keep the, keep the good work you have been doing in Dallas. Right. Um, I'm a fan, man. <laughs> appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, I will talk to you later. Thank you, man. So that was my conversation with Edgar Vargas. Interesting, fascinating stuff with J.J. Barea being the best player on a team that he coaches. Also with the the whole situation with the owner, I will have the video up on Mavs Moneyball. Go ahead and check that out. It is it, it is an interesting video to say the least. Fascinating that an owner would uh, you know jump out of the stands and do that. So go check that out on Mavs Moneyball. As always. Continue to subscribe to the podcast. Get it straight into your feed. It will always be up on Mavs Moneyball. Also, uh, check out all the other stuff that we're doing on Mavs Moneyball. And also check out uh, Smoking Cubans. Check out what Isaac's got going on. He's got some really good stuff always. They always have things working going on there. So read our stuff. Continue to subscribe. And thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out and boom. Boom.